Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez, I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. All right, everybody, welcome back to another amazing and awesome episode of Aviation Mentors. I know it's not who you're expecting to say that, but Brandon's currently out of town. He's out in Florida, I guess out of town for me, which is in town for him now. But I'm doing this podcast alone. So he did it last week alone, and I thought it was a good time for me to do one alone as well and you know, test my skills and knowledge and see where we're at. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Locally, at least in Southern California, it's been a particularly rainy few days. We've had this atmospheric river that we've been hit with, and that got me thinking about the first time I went flying below, through, and above the clouds with my flight instructor. And aside from it being an amazing experience, it was a pretty great time to learn about something called spatial disorientation. So since that's what we're going to be covering today, let's dive right into it. Spatial disorientation, at least in aviation, is essentially a pilot's misperception of their position, motion, or altitude in relation to the Earth's surface. And it's a pretty scary experience when your senses kind of conflict with reality. This can happen when the visual references are lost, and that can happen when you're flying through clouds over a featureless landscape at night, or even just fog or haze or lower visibility. So the body's sensory systems, which are going to include your ears, your inner ear, your eyes, and your somatosensory system. And that's kind of like your body's internal gyro. And that can send conflicting signals to your brain, which lead to very dangerous misjudgments. So in clear conditions, pilots are going to really heavily rely on the visual cues. What's outside, the landscape, the sky, the sun, the stars at night, the moon. But in poor visibility, these cues totally vanish. And pilots really have to depend entirely on their instruments. The danger arises, though, when a pilot's perception does not align with the instrument's readings. And that's going to lead to potential errors in judgment and the handling of the aircraft. And that's just going to come in the form of the pilot trusting their body's cues over the instruments. Several factors contribute to the spatial disorientation. And one of the primary causes is flying in conditions with limited or no visibility references, like in the clouds or at night, like we talked about. And the vestibular system, which helps to maintain balance, can send pretty misleading signals during maneuvers, whether it's even acceleration and deceleration, turning, banks, all those. And it's going to send those misleading signals, especially without those visual cues. So if they're absent, it's going to start sending you mixed signals. Although we often compare that spatial disorientation with IMC, which is instrument meteorological conditions, so it's going to be, you know, when you can't really see too well outside, or with low visibility, it can happen in flights that take place within VMC, or visual meteorological conditions. And these optical illusions come into play during VMC, and it can lead a pilot to see a false horizon, autokinetic illusions, downsloping runways, or a black hole approach. And another factor is turning without the visual cues, like I mentioned. So inside the clouds or at night. And AOPA has an article, I think it's called Keeping the Blue Side Up, which I think is pretty funny on it. And it totally nails the explanation. They said, when a turn commences in the air, the inertia of the fluid moves in the opposite direction relative to the sensory hairs. And we correctly interpret the turn in its direction. That's just your body's instinct. But if the turn continues, the fluid catches up, creating the sensation that the turn has ceased. So therefore, a prolonged constant rate turn can result in the false sensation not moving at all. And when the turn finally does stop, the fluid continues moving due to inertia, creating the sensation of a turn in the opposite direction. So that's just part of that inner ear movement 
and the fluid in your inner ear that can create that kind of screwed up visual cue that you're not getting, which makes you start to think that you're just going to keep turning or stop turning or something happened. And from there, you're going to get spatial disorientation. And of course, that spatial disorientation can happen to absolutely any pilot of any skill level at any age. So the question comes down to how do I prevent it? And preventing spatial disorientation starts with preparation and awareness. Always conduct a comprehensive pre-flight, and that planning should really focus on the weather conditions. Even if you primarily fly under visual flight rules, VFR, developing that strong instrument flying skill is essential. And in flight, you have to trust your instruments over your senses. Regular practice in instrument flying, which can include recovery from unusual attitudes, and that's a pretty big one that we kind of skim over a lot of the time after our private pilot training. When you go flying, you don't typically go do that by yourself. You're supposed to do it with an instructor. And when you do it with an instructor, you just do it once or twice. It's not like stalls or landings and takeoffs where you, you do it quite often. So focusing on that during your training is really important. And it keeps you proficient and super current, like I like to say, right? So training in a controlled environment, such as flight simulators, can also be invaluable. And the simulators can replicate various disorienting scenarios like the unusual attitudes that we talked about, which can allow you to experience and learn to manage the spatial disorientation in a safe manner. And those regular training scenarios, especially on a simulator, which if you don't have one yourself, go into a flight school and using theirs, much cheaper than doing it in an airplane. And I highly recommend doing that. But using the simulators in IFR conditions can really enhance your ability to handle the real world disorientation that you could experience. And personally, through my instrument training, I found that the focus on the instruments leads to developing trust in them. And while you've always been trained to trust your gut, even as a pilot in the sky, you also have to trust your instruments. And early recognition is key to combating spatial disorientation. If you start feeling disoriented, immediately rely on your instruments. Establish a standard instrument scan and keep that pattern to maintain the situational awareness. And if you find yourself disoriented, level your wings using the attitude indicator, not what your eyes are seeing or your gut's feeling, and trust your other instruments to guide your flight. And remember, your instruments are your lifeline in situations where your senses can completely deceive you. So spatial disorientation can really get you at any time. For me, it got me when I was flying through the clouds, and I had my instructor right next to me, and he, he was a CFII, he knew what he was doing, but it was still pretty nerve-wracking for me, and I'll just kind of tell you how it went. So we took off from the airport, and he had filed an instrument flight plan. We had everything planned out. We are just going on a short cross-country, which uh, kind of barely met the limits for cross-country. I think it was like 52 miles away. And he said, okay, you are going to take off, and you are going to fly through this cloud layer. And he's like, I'll be right next to you. This is just going to be your first time doing it. And that's why I started getting a little nervous. My hands started getting a little sweaty. I said, I've never flown through clouds before. I don't know what to expect. And he just kind of gave me a little bit of guidance. Just keep climbing, keep rising your instruments, keep your wings level. And I said, okay, let's do this. So we took off, started climbing, and we got closer and closer to the clouds. And we entered the cloud layer. And I kept climbing. I kept climbing. And he said, hey, do you think you're still on the runway heading? I said, yeah, of course I am. I'm on the runway heading. And I looked down and I was maybe 30 degrees off the runway heading. And he took that opportunity to teach me about how quickly spatial disorientation can come across. It was my first time flying through the clouds and I'd always been taught to scan outside the cockpit and then focus on your instruments and outside and inside and outside. You know, it's the normal scan. But in instrument training and instrument flying and IMC, you have to keep your eyes inside. And that was one of the crucial lessons I got. 
on spatialist orientation and how important it is to look inside and trust your instruments. Because I completely thought we we're going straight and level because that's what my body was telling me. And, you know, it probably wasn't until my, my second or third time of experiencing spatialist orientation, another of which happened pitch black at night and I was flying over the ocean. There were no lights. The city was behind us and we'd just taken off. I think it was at Long Beach Airport, which has you take off over the ocean. And we kept flying straight on the runway heading. And I think after that time it happened, I had caught it and I'd noticed it when my instruments weren't matching what I felt. And my instructor said, good, I, I was about to tell you that, that you were starting to turn but you weren't, you caught yourself. So there is a point in which you trust your instruments. And of course, that was after I had done more instrument training and started to develop my scan. And that's just kind of the emphasis on developing that scan because spatial orientation is really perilous. It's dangerous when it goes completely unrecognized, which it could have if I didn't have that instructor there, which is why, again, we want to train for this. And it can also happen when the pilot just relies too heavily on their senses instead of their instruments. It can even happen when you're so confident in what your body's feeling, you say, no, my instruments must be wrong. And this can lead to a loss of control, which is typically referred to as a graveyard spiral, or even result in something like the controlled flight into terrain. And of course, it's something we want to avoid at all costs. So I hope that today can serve as a little emphasis and reminder on the importance of training the basics, like the instrument scans, unusual attitude recovery, and trusting your instruments. Because when it comes to an urgent situation, something like being alone and experiencing spatial disorientation, you will fall back to your basics. And of course, something that my CFII taught me, when in doubt, level out. So I really appreciate everyone listening to our episode today. And if you want to reach out to Brandon or myself, you can reach us at Carson at AviationMentors.com or Brandon at AviationMentors.com. And please don't forget to hit follow on whatever streaming platform you listen to us on. It's a huge help in growing our channel and our podcast and growing the aviation community as a whole and helping each other become better. So as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride.